1: There is no better way to start than with 2024 defensive end Cole Mullins out of Mill Creek High School in the state of Georgia, of course, came off the board on Saturday morning. We had been hearing he was here during the week and we were hearing, obviously, a lot of great things leading up to that. And so we kind of had a little bit of heads up that like this is trending in a very good direction, obviously, with Cole and between Notre Dame. A a player that we're fascinated to get into a little bit of the backstory and talk about the film and the fit and what's next, Brian. Because this is a really, really interesting football player, man. Plays at the same high school that Caleb Downs, five-star safety in the 2023 class that, of course, Notre Dame recruited for a long time. Actually, he was on campus, Caleb Downs, last year for the Blue and Gold game, which is kind of funny and a little bit ironic.
2: And, And Caleb Downs picked Alabama right? Didn't come to Notre Dame, but Caleb Downs did nothing but praise Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame made it much harder for him to stay down South than, than people might've anticipated or might've thought he, he did like Notre Dame a lot. So there was clearly some positive vibes being spread from him and his, yes. fam- his family, especially love Notre Dame. I mean, cause you know, parents that sometimes look at things a little bit different, but uh, you know, clearly it was good to see them make, cause you know, you talk about the backstory, Ryan, and, and a week ago, uh, maybe two weeks ago, you and I had, br- would briefly mention Cole Mullins, but barely because as much as you know, I love the kid as a prospect. And 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 this is going to be a fun one. Cause you and I do have a, a slightly different opinion of him. We both like him, but just a slightly different opinion yeah. of him. I've been a lot higher on him for a while, as you know, but we just don't talk about him a lot. Cause it just, it didn't seem like there was a lot of traction. Uh, although as soon as he got offered pretty much, he had set up a visit for Notre Dame, but then there just wasn't a whole lot there and, you know, the Notre Dame staff and the people that we would talk to, the different sort, well, I should say the Notre Dame staff, but the different sources we talked talk to would say, hey, the staff likes him a lot, but they're just not sure how he feels about them. And, you know, just... He's a he's Georgia not-
1: kid and yeah. Every- yeah, exactly Yeah,
2: exactly. And, and But then he comes on the visit and kind of leading into the visit, there was starting to be more communication. Uh, Max Bulla and Al Golden were really uh, heavily involved in this, along with Al Washington, you know, but the staff effort... And then you start hearing a little bit more good vibes, and, and then the story sums, boy, we're really looking forward to seeing how this visit goes because we think we started to make up some ground, and then boom, the visit just blows the kid away. And, and before he leaves, he has given Notre Dame a silent commitment and then, of course, goes public at noon uh, yeah. on Saturday. So they they closed this one in a hurry, Ryan. And it, it, we'll talk about it after we talk about him, but it, it shook some things up in, in, in defensive line recruiting Uh, in in 2024 because there were some dudes they straight passed on to take Cole Mullins that are much higher ranked players which would give you an indication of what this Notre Dame staff thinks of Cole Mullins and I tend to agree with them to be honest with you
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's a, I mean, again, there's a lot to like about Cole, which we'll get into obviously during this segment, right? It's the fit wise from a just personal perspective. Obviously, a very good student as well. Comes from Mill Creek High School in Georgia, which is, I mean, they just want to state championship, right? And they played in a very high classification in Georgia. He's a 6'4, 240 plus pound defensive end. And, a guy that is starting to get a lot of traction, or was starting to get a lot of traction on the recruiting side of things as well. I mean, you mentioned on a previous show, Brian, like all the ACC schools had basically offered at that point. He was Tennessee was another school that had offered him. Miami was a team that you know was trying to make a push for him and everything. So, very interesting football player, man. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And I, I think that that's a, you know, a great place to start is that this was a one, and you hit on it already, right? This is a player that. We thought that I mean we knew that Notre Dame was liked Cole Mullins a lot, yeah. but how realistic it was wasn't something right. that really came to the forefront right. until very recently. Right? Because we had a right?
2: we had a yeah we had a very long conversation about the Smith twins last week. Like the guys, these are good football players. Are They needle movers? No, they're not. They're good football players. Yeah, uh, and and you know and, and but we also said it's not a it's not a given that they're going to end up in the class. Yes. Because are they going to pick Notre Dame, but are, are is Notre Dame going to push for them? And I thought that was something that was interesting too, Ryan, is Notre Dame liked the Smith twins, but there was never, as you know, because you got to know them pretty well, there was never that yeah. push from the staff to try to convince them to commit. Right? Yeah. Even on their most recent visit, when they started talking about maybe moving their timeline up, that was more them than it was Notre Dame trying to convince them because what you and I knew is there were two kids specifically – that we're going to be visiting the week of this blue-gold game that they really wanted to see where they stood with. Yes. And that's Cole Mullins and Malachi Williams. And those are two guys that this staff likes a ton. So when, when you look at Cole Mullins, again, this is one of those ones, you, you can look at the rankings and not like it, and I get it. He's a three-star kid from 247, or excuse me, he's a three-star kid on, yeah, 247 on three and rivals all have him as a three-star and two four seven and rivals just now named him a three star. Basically, this past week, yeah, right. They hadn't even evaluated him prior to this week. But really good football player, big time program, and and I'm very high on him, Ryan. So when you when you look at it, let's let's begin with the class impact aspect yep. of this, Ryan. So you know we're going to look at what what landing Cole Mullins means to the Notre Dame class. Obviously, from a recruiting ranking standpoint, this doesn't move the needle at all. If anything, it brings down your overall average grade because he's a three-star kid for me. I don't care because I love this kid. He graded out as a top 200 player for me right now, the four and a half star upside, right? Cause there is some t- projection to, to edge, but he does play the edge in, college, in high school, but he also plays a lot of Mike and he's just kind of getting by on God given ability. And so, um, so I, I, I look at this kid and I see it. This is a four-star kid to me, Ryan. He, he, he is. And you, you, talk about okay they need at least five defensive linemen in this class five is the target now there's a chance they'll take six if the sixth is the right guy yeah so like if they're sitting there at five and elijah rushing or malachi williams want to come i believe that they'll take one of those two guys right and so but five is kind of the target number and they need ends they need at least two ends in this class and they need a guy that can play viper in this class and right now the staff views him as a viper Having said that, one of the things that I believe that they love about him and, and from talking to different sources is he's not a Viper only. Yeah, He is a guy that right now they, they love and here's and we'll get in when we watch the film. I'll show you why I, I see him as a Viper, but they love his all around game. They love his, his potential as a pass rusher and the fact that if you watch him as a linebacker, he's very rangy. He's a kid that can drop, he can, he can be in a two point stance and get up underneath the curl route. He can he can drop a hook into the hook curl zone pretty effectively with his length and and athletic ability, in my opinion. He's not, he's a guy that can run on a wheel route with a running back like we saw from Isaiah Foskey. Now, are you gonna take him out and 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 put him in a two point stance over top of a tight end and say, go run up the seam in man to man coverage? No, that's not, but you're not doing that with any Viper, like who's a true defensive end. And and so that's, I mean, I'm, I'm good with that. But he's also a kid that measured in in his visit at over 6'4 and over 240 pounds. And so the frame is there to where he could end up being an Isaiah Foskey type where you and I felt, Isaiah Foskey could clearly play the Viper. He literally set Notre Dame sack record as a Viper. Yes. But I think you and I have talked about this, Ryan. And so if, if I'm remembering wrong, please correct me. But where we said, in an ideal world, he's your, he's your field end in this defense, Isaiah Fosky is. Now, I don't know if Isaiah Foskey would have wanted to do that, but his game projects much better to that, in my opinion, as a power rusher than it does guy. as a Viper. Right. And and if you could have put a true Viper with Foskey as a field end and, and and allowed him to be more of a true end as opposed to the way that Notre Dame had run in the past, which is kind of like they had like three D tackles on the field and then one and then the Viper. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh which is what it was in 2021 with Myron Tungaloa Mosa and it was that way to a degree last year with Riley Mills. I think Notre Dame is transitioning to try to have more of a true end at the field as opposed to – so that's why you're seeing Bubakar and Armel and some of these other guys that they're recruiting for that big end position uh, is more of that type of player. But he has some ability to be that guy as well. And so what it does and why I think this recruitment is important – this commitment is important for Notre Dame, Ryan, is because he has that flexibility, where you're going to play him is going to partly be determined by what do you fill this class out with. So True let's thing. say the only two let's say they get 3 ends in this class and I'm just going to kind of throw a couple names out there. Let's say they get Bryce Young for example. Yep. And 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 I'm trying to think of another another end the another big end that they're looking at Ryan let's but let's say they get like two big end types and that's where Notre if Dame they, is
1: if they view Benedict Ume as a big end let's right Let's just I mean, yes yeah. that's
2: a good yeah. one you know and yeah. again I, that's just a name I don't know where Notre Dame I, you know I don't, I'm not predicting that Notre Dame's going to get him we'll see how things go on the visit this weekend but let's say it's a guy like that Ryan you know let's say it, it, it was a let's say it was a Darian Mayo type who they're not really really like in on right now but just that kind of that that more pure edge kind of guy Let, Brandon Davis Swain is still in the class for argument's sake, something like that, right? Sure. This kid's a viper then, you're, and, you're, and you're good with it. But let's just say Notre Dame hits a grand slam home run. They get Bryce Young, and then they get – let's also get a Malachi Williams or an Elijah Rushing, and you project them more as a viper. You can then put Cole Mullins over to the big end position as well if the need be field end position if the need is there, and that guy is now your viper. Or in a dream scenario – he gets up to 265 and he maintains his athleticism. And you've got a, a Bryce Young, a Bubacar, and Armel playing field end. And you've got, you know, Josh Burnham and Junior and Elijah Rushing or a Malachi playing Viper. And this kid can play both, he can play yeah. all over. Uh, and kind of partly how I see him, Ryan, in, in my comp for him, and I, I don't think you're going to like this one. My Uh-oh. comp for him was Marcus uh, Smith from Louisville. Just kind of looking at him at similar body type. Really, I think think he's got a really nice explosive twitch. But if you're going to look at Notre Dame, think of a bigger, longer, more athletic version of Justin Adamiola is how you could really fit him into this defense where he can play all over your defensive line. That's what I see from Cole Mullins, and that's a pretty dang good that's a pretty dang good comp, Ryan, in my opinion as far as fit. If a taller, longer, more athletic Justin Arnold, Justin Arnold was a pretty good player for Notre Dame the last couple of years as a rotation guy. Yeah, this kid brings that ability as a starter type of talent. And so when I look at the fit, that versatility right there, Ryan, is huge for Notre Dame in my opinion for how they're going to shape out the rest
1: of this class. Well, that's the biggest sell for me in this one, Brian. I mean, honestly, is is I also see him as a four-star. I'm slightly lower on him, but, like, I still like him, right? Like, there's still a lot to like about Cole Mullins. But the big sell for me is that he isn't necessarily just, like, taking up a Viper spot so you can't recruit any more Vipers, right? It's, like, projection-wise, could he be a strong side defensive end? Yeah, I think he can. Because, honestly, that's, that's the stuff I love about his game most right now is that that kid plays – Super physical man. He plays with great leverage in the run game. He's got powerful hands. I mean, we'll see it on film, right? We're like, if you put him up against tight ends, good luck, Mister Tight End, that has the block hole yeah. Mullins. Like, it's right. just not going to be. It's not going right. to be a fun time. So, I like the kid as or well. Or as a too. viper,
2: you got running yeah. backs trying to chip on him, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that that versatility is important, right? Sorry, I um, I apologize for that reaction, everybody. I took a sip of that tea my wife brought me, and I was expecting it to be a little bit colder. Uh, cooler oh. I should say than it was. <laughs> so I was like, oh wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think I think that versatility, Ryan, is important. And and I do, and, and yes. you that is the one thing you have always said about him that you definitely like about him is the fact that he does bring some positional flexibility, in my opinion. And 100%. honestly, Ryan, if he does get up to a 265, he's a kid that when you go to your dime third and long package, you can stand up over the three technique. Then this is this yeah. is partly where that Justin Adamiola comp comes from. You can stand them up over three technique because they have a look in their dime where they'll put one D tackle on the field and then three ends or yeah. two ends and a viper like a linebacker. So like a, you know, only three down linemen personnel wise and rush the quarterback that way. I could see a guy like this to me if he when if he can get to the size I want on third and eight. I'm I'm he's he's trying to whoop the guard yeah. in, in those instances. And so there's a lot of there's a lot you can do with him there in my opinion that I really I really really like.
1: Not a direct comparison, but from a role perspective, maybe a little Khalid Kareemish in how you could potentially use a Cole maybe, Mullins, like yeah, maybe yeah. I, I just may. I
2: think I think Ryan, if, if depending on the the roster shakes out and how his body shakes out, I could see that. Yeah, but, but that's what I love. But I could also see him being a a ish type as being a bigger viper, and and that's the thing I like. Where Khalid was a feel a big end only. Right. And but but to your point, if he does end up at big end, Ryan, very similar to, you know, where I would say the Khalid comp makes a lot of sense as I think about it, the type of production that he gave Khalid was the most Khalid Kareem in the last 10 years, in my opinion, was Notre Dame's most impact run defender. Because if you look at his numbers, he had back to back years where he had 10 plus tackles for loss, but he never had more than like five, five and a half sacks. Yep, where Isaiah Foskey last year literally only had like what one tackle for loss that wasn't a sack all year. This year only had three. Yeah, we had five plus every year. I think one year he had like ten and a half tackles for loss and like four four and a half sacks. And I could see Cole Mullins being that kind of guy, Ryan, where he is he can get you, you know, five six sacks as a big end, but he's going to be really disruptive with that athleticism because t- I think to your point, I think he's a a pretty good athlete as a Viper. If he ends up being 265 and, and keeps his athleticism, he's a really athletic big end. Yes. Field end. And, and so that production that he brings, that production could be the best production we've seen. Because we haven't seen production like what Khalid had since Khalid left. Uh, Adi Tagumba he was a much better pass rusher than Khalid, but he wasn't nearly the run defender that Khalid was. I mean, Khalid Kareem was an outstanding big end when it came to defending the run at not only setting the edge, but making plays in the run game. Again, you know, I'll, I'll pull the numbers up here, here now, Ryan, and just kind of to, to point it out to you, but he had bat he had double digit tackles for loss in, in each of his last two seasons at Notre Dame. Yeah. And in, and in, both seasons, he had, he had, uh, he had similar, he had like lower sack numbers. So he had 10 tackles for loss in 2019, five and a half sacks. And then he had ten and a half tackles for loss in two thousand eighteen, and had four and a half sacks. That's a lot of production. So in in three years, when he was in the rotation, he had let's see, two and a half run stops for loss. Then he had six, so that's eight and a half. Then he had four and a half. That's thirteen run stops behind, like tackles for loss in the run game, and no one else comes close to that. At, not yeah. on the defensive line. There's a bunch of linebackers that got to there because it's a different game. But there's not a lot of defensive linemen that come anywhere close to that in the last ten years, Ryan, right? including Stefan Tuitt, who who the year that he had the great year at Notre Dame, where he had 11 sacks, only had 12 tackles for loss. Yep. So this is a kid that 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 if if you know you start comparing him to that, then all of a sudden you know start okay, yeah, I can dig that, man. I can dig that for sure. Yep. But I think that that playmaking ability is is there and that's what i like he's a he's got playmaking potential let's let's dive into the film ryan and show people what we're talking about with uh, with him i should have probably tested this beforehand because you know sometimes uh streamer gets really funky and it's like ah oh, today we don't want to let you
1: do it well. yeah man they're
2: gonna they're gonna let us do it so we're we're gonna check him out but what you're gonna see on this first clip guys is you're gonna see him playing linebacker and defensive line and the first thing i love ryan is look what he does to this offensive lineman this is, hey man,
1: he's physical, man. You don't have to yeah. sell that part to me, right? Like, this kid is yeah. a downhill, seeking, yeah. seeking missile as a player. He absolutely is. This
2: was a playoff game, by the way folks this isn't against some bum team this is a playoff game that he did this to and he, actually, and, he,
1: and he plays at a high classification in georgia yeah. for mill creek like he's playing yeah. good comp as well yeah
2: i actually watched this whole game ryan there if, if you if you if you're not sure of cole mullins there's actually a lot of really good youtube film like game film like tv broadcast which is maybe not great for receivers and dbs but for defensive end is really good and you're gonna see a kid that has a lot of power now here's something else they're gonna see ryan he doesn't quite you know, he he's just kind of winning like he's playing on the street, right? He's just like yeah. this move right here. Like, this is a really nice move. He's going to have to learn to use his hands a little bit better. But look at the size
1: of this kid he's going against. Like, that's yeah, a I big boy he's that, going that's just, and And that's all hip flexibility right there. Yes. To your point, he's not using his hands at all. He just kind of gets no. a little shake, and then he's able to flip his hips and yes. turn, right? Like, that's, that's all that he's doing there. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: athleticism right
1: there. That's just pure athleticism. Some looseness to him, man. There's definitely yeah. some looseness. I love this yeah. play, though, man, where it's just like, oh, you're going to put a tight end over me? Okay, yeah. guy. <laughs> just not, explosive not smart. through the head. Literally,
2: literally takes two dudes out. He, he takes the tight end and drives him right into the running back. Come on. Yeah. Like, against the level he's playing against, Ryan, this is big time.
1: It's, this it, is a- it might honestly be my favorite clip of all his film, man. Is I Like, this kid is my dream. Like, yeah. at times I'm just going to line him up in a six technique over a tight end and yeah. just tell him to beat the – you know what out of this guy yeah. <laughs> like that's him man that's somebody him. somebody in the chat
2: jason smith said that the pad level is awesome and here's an interesting yes. thing about him his pad level is great when he gets into a three-point stance he does need to work a little bit on keeping his pads low when he's in a two-point stance but that's a technical thing but it's correct he does a great job of of key of exploding out vertically here he beats the tight end inside and just blows the play up yeah. i mean you guys are seeing it y'all i mean this kid makes a lot of i mean he is he is really explosive to me uh, off the ball. I, I really like what I see from him.
1: It, I, I, I really like him out of a three-point stance, man. Yeah. I
2: really like him out of a yeah. three-point stance. Oh, I get it. I get it. He's a powerful. I mean, this is again. This is what you talked about earlier, Ryan. You're 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 going to put tackles and guards on him. I mean, you know, tight ends and th- this to me looks like it's a a tight end wearing a a offensive lineman number. Yeah. Right. He's lined up like a tight end. And th- th- so they had to p- they put a sixth offensive lineman on the field to try to block him. And he just whoops the kid inside. Pr- and makes it, play. That
1: that probably tells you how that game was going for that offense. Yeah, too. that probably tells you a little bit. Yeah. And Cole was probably having a pretty good game if they wanted right. to do that. So. And
2: this is another one. He Look, he arrives at the football with a lot of force, a yep. lot of force. He he, really he, he has a
1: lot of, he has a lot of linebacker traits Brian he really does cuz he he yeah. comes to balance as a tackler very well you know like he yeah. ha- he delivers blows man because he just looks yeah. like he's always in a solid power position I guarantee this kid yeah. is a great squatter a great power cleaner like I guarantee cuz he just Again, looks like he always is in that power look position
2: Look at this I want to know who this tight end is Ryan. I want to try to find out what game this was cuz this guy looks like a this kid's big this tight end's a pretty big kid and he just yeah. he doesn't even use his hands he just whoops the kid athletically Yep. Now here's where here's where I think I've had some people say I'm not sure about his athleticism, Ryan. There's another play in the backfield, and this is where I think people are some people are missing the boat. These next couple of clips, you're going to see some range from him working on the sideline that you're going to be like, that's not that's 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 twitchy. Actually, that's not the clip I was thinking of. Uh, he he's got some clips where you're going to see him chasing down quarterbacks from a Mike linebacker position. Yep. I'm going to be like, don't don't tell me that this kid's not athletic enough to play Viper. When I see that, right? Like, don't, I, I don't want to hear it. I think you could put him in some goal line stuff and let him block. I mean, just look how physical he is. Like he, he doesn't yep. use his hands well at all. I think this might be one of those plays. Yes, this is, this is actually one. Look, first of all, watch how fluid he is kind of changing direction a little bit. Right. he's very nimble, very, very nimble athlete. And then just watch the burst here. He's got one more and just the closing speed there. This kid can cover a lot of ground. He can really cover a lot of ground. This is a really athletic play right here. Watch this scrape. Watch this flow and scrape. Look how nimble he is athletically. And then just eat that run up. Just eats it up.
1: And and if Notre Dame is going to transition to maybe a little bit more three-down looks at times, Brian, where it's like a true 3-3 type of look, Mm -hmm. he could play some Sam linebacker. Well, it would be the Viper in this defense who would just play as a Sam in the defense. But he could play some of that as an off-ball player at times, I think.
2: This play right here is another example of this kid technically needs a lot of work. He just crashes into this guy and then he just bullies him. I mean, this this isn't great. This isn't great. This is not what I would put on teaching tape for a good example of proper block destruction on the second level, right? But he just bullies this kid. He just says, okay, I'm going to drive. Power, power showing. Raw (laughs) strength. Yes. Just absolute raw strength. But the point is, as now again, am I putting him at linebacker in college? No, I'm not. But he looks comfortable in space, a six foot four, 240 pound athlete that looks comfortable in space. Look at him picking up this crossing route.
1: He runs with this kid and just sniffs him out and brings him down. Like, and again, I don't, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but for people that are just joining us on YouTube, he's playing for Mill Creek high school in Georgia, which is one of the, I think the second highest classification in the state of Georgia and Georgia plays obviously very good football. So he's playing some guys, man. He's not playing against a bunch of bums, Right. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna look up their
2: schedule because um their uh their playoff schedule was impressive. I think they yes. beat Buford in the playoff, I believe. Yeah. Buford has a, a ton of D one so. kids. Yes, always. <laughs> yeah. Just look how nimble he is. Again, technique, not great, but nope. just really fluid, smooth athlete, two hundred and forty pound kid doing making that play. Trying to get to the really nice first step. Look at the rec- Look at the re- the recognition, Ryan. He's an instinctive kid because the the guard to his side blocks down, but he has his eyes up. He stays on his path. He reads the ball and he gets there. He's a pretty instinctive kid too.
1: Yes, he, he really and, and is. I, at- I think the cool thing too, Brian, is that he's asked to do a lot on this defense. Obviously, so if we're talking about upside. We haven't really seen him play one position yet. I mean, that's right. one thing that we all have to remember about high school. And, like, this is even true to, like, Isaiah Canyon, who was on campus this past weekend in Notre Dame. It's like he's asked to do so much for his team. It's not fully easy to evaluate exactly what he's going to be at the next level because you aren't seeing it consistently. Yeah. Right? Like, that matters. that matters. They played
2: Buford in the regular season. Excuse me. Gotcha. They did not beat Buford in the playoffs. They played him in the regular season. I know that they played Buford. I've seen that. I've seen the clips. I just thought it was on the playoffs, but it was not. It was regular season. They beat Milton in the playoffs. Milton. So yeah. he, he, is this? Yeah, this is the play, Ryan. Watch, watch this closing speed. Look at that. <laughs> this is the one where I was like, okay, he's running, he's running, and then right there, that gear. Come on now. <laughs> it's good. That that's moving. That's a guys, folks. That's a 6'4", 240 hundred forty pound athlete doing that. Just FYI. You guys want to know, like, why are you hyping this kid up? He's a three-star. That's why. Well, look, look at this film and you know who he's playing against and tell me that this is a three-star athlete, right? I mean, I just I don't see it. I just, I just don't it's, see it. It's, I, I think if anything, he's getting hidden by the fact that the competition is so good that it gets yeah. massive.
3: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for
0: what's next and how to save for it?
1: the highest classification in the state of Georgia with a player who was just a five-star recruit in 2023. I'm just like, why exactly? I mean, and he was productive too. It wasn't like there was no production. Like he was productive for them as well. I'm just, it is a curious ranking for for some reason.
2: They beat Meadow Creek, North Cobb, Westlake, Atlanta, Westlake, Milton and Carrollton in the playoffs. That's yep. who they beat in the
1: playoffs. Carrollton who has the Juju Lewis kid, the yes. 2026 quarterback, and Milton, the yes. tight ends, obviously Ryan Gee that Notre Dame is on right. in the 2025 class as well. And
2: Carrollton Carrollton is I believe um let me see, I'm trying to see yeah, Carrollton uh, beat Colquitt County the week before, beat Walton uh and so and then they went out and they this is the score of the state championship game, 70 to 35. So it's, it's p- wild, man. Pretty wild, wild game, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that was uh, a pretty big, pretty big whoop, butt whoop in there. So it yeah. was, um, yeah, it was, it was an impressive game. It, it's, it's kind of funny. Like they lost to Buford, but beat Walton. Walton beat Buford, but they lost to Buford. That's why you don't do the, you know, the the uh, transitive property stuff when it comes to football. Oh, it's I love the transitive underworks. property. I love it. No, no, no you don't. That's Mister <laughs> Sarcasm Pop rearing his ugly head today. <laughs> so um but yeah ryan i think i think people see it this is a really athletic kid that's still learning the game fundamentally yep. and um she's just getting by on god giving it bill that's not a knock on the coaches at, at at mill creek at all it's just he's a big kid that's doing a lot of different things and then that yes it's hard to get a kid to master his technique when you have to and that's what hurt Jalen need a little bit not hurt him i mean it, i think it helped Jalen need but one of the things that kind of the reason he's not so much a fundamentally sound player right now is because he had to he played quarterback he played rover he played defensive end he played linebacker did a little bit of everything so this, this kid's a this kid's and, an excellent football player
1: and, and brian again we have to also remember that he's being asked to do everything on a team that just won a state championship yeah. right? right it's like it's like I, I don't blame the coaches for doing right. that because obviously it works right because they're,
2: they're they're teaching him how to play football it's just I'm, yeah. I'm referring to like just that next level really Nuance. detail you know he's just and he's playing both ways he's playing some tight end blocking tight end this is not an at all a knock on mill creek he's also a junior in high school yes so uh, i just want to make sure people don't people understand that uh, that uh yeah yeah, so I, I I like what I see from it. Uh, the kids can play, Ryan. This
1: kid can play. I can't wait for the question we're undoubtedly going to get at some point that says, "Hey, if he if he doesn't last with the defensive side of the ball, can he be a blocking tight end and goal line?" And situations? the answer is <laughs> yes,
2: yes he can, yes he can.
1: So, Ryan, let's talk next about the
2: uh, the class impact or the uh, what's next. What's next? next yep. Let's talk about what's next as we wrap up this portion of the show. Uh, two of three down. Obviously you got Owen Wafel in the class and their name wants at least three more. They want at least yep. one end, at least one interior guy. I think ideally, I think what their name would like to do, if they're only going to get five is to have three ends and two interior guys. Yes. I think right now you've got your, you've got your, your nose potentially in Owen Wafel, who is where I think Owen's best suited. You've got a, a guy here in, in Cole Mullins who to me is the swing guy that can do both. Yeah, and then ideally, perfect world, you land a true viper and a kind of a pure big end type of guy. Yeah, and I, I think the big end Notre Dame is identified. I think they'd really like Bryant Young. Now they got to finish Bryce up Young. Bryce Young. Sorry, yeah. Bryant Young's
1: kid. Sorry, I meant to say Bryce. Can, can, can Bryant come play yeah, too? Sure. I mean, he, he can play. Did you see once? him at the it's game? The game I did. on Saturday, dude. Still, I did. Didn't you see what I, I actually? I actually this walked is, past him on campus.
2: I'm like, that's oh, yeah. what I was asking you, because yeah, I know you yeah. were over there while the recruits were. Does he not yeah. look like he could still play football? Yes. I mean, like oh, seriously, yeah. he looks like he could still play football. That guy is in good shape. He embarrasses me when I see him. I'm like, ah, I, that guy's older than I am, and, and he looks phenomenal. Um, he embarrasses but, me so too, man. He embarrasses I, I think, me too. I think Bryce Young is their yep. top target at the big end position And then there's two guys that I think the staff really loves at the Viper position. That's Elijah rushing and Malachi Williams. And then inside it's Justin Scott. So if you want to know what the dream class is for Notre Dame at this point in time, it's Cole Mullins, Owen Waitful, Bryce Young, Justin Scott, and one or two of. I mean, if we're doing real dream class, it's like, oh, you get Malachi and Elijah rushing, but I don't want to get (laughs) stupid with it. Right. right. Give me one of those two guys. That's sort of the home run dream class. That's now that's now you're you're stacking up against anybody. And I and I and I think that's kind of uh, that's what I like to see from this kid. Right. Or this class, Ryan, is that type of person. But this is an important piece of this because this is that kid that can do a little bit of everything for you as an edge.
1: And that's very important to have a guy like that. Very important to have a guy like that. I I think that was a great thing about this weekend of recruiting, you know, just intel and obviously boards at i was breakdown.com we have a long thread of i think some really good intel I don't, I don't know if anybody agrees out there but you should go sign up at boards at i dot if you if you want to take a peek everything we're talking about today by the way for the entirety of this show is in that thread so you can go back and, and look at some of the intel early i mean you would have had that guy what was it sunday morning brian we put the initial list out right as far as all the intel we were kind of collecting from the weekend but i think the great thing about this weekend brian was that we got a lot of, got a lot of insights on what the class is probably going to look like and when all is said and done, right? We got a really good understanding because obviously you get the commitment from Cole, which you know we're gonna keep hitting on here, right? But Bryce Young was on campus, Malachi Williams was on campus, TJ Lindsay was on campus. There were some guys that we had, you know, questions as far as. The fits, what's only going to look like? I feel like we got a lot of clarity this weekend. And of course, it started Saturday morning, especially with Cole Mullins making the, or Saturday afternoon, excuse me, with Cole Mullins making that commitment to the University of Notre Dame. Like you said, I love, and I know you already hit on it, so I know you like it as well, the fact that this kid is a versatile player, right? Like, I don't think we could just say Viper next to his name. That might be where he's classified early, but this kid, I think, could also be a, Strong side defensive end or Notre Dame's field end, however we want to classify that position, the big end. I think he could play Viper. I think he can do a little bit of everything, which gives you versatility because it's like I can fit him in with a Bryce Young, for instance, on the field. But I could also, I believe, eventually fit him on the field with a Malachi Williams, with an Elijah Rushing. This kid makes fits make sense, which I think we need more. Ha- we yeah. need more of, right? That versatility makes fits make sense and it gives you multiple possibilities, which I think is an interesting thing to have on the table.
2: I want to respond to something before we move on to the next commitment. Somebody did, Matt Giles did ask this question, and I think it's pertinent sure. to this, to this. Matt said, does this mean he's not taking any other official visits? So what we have seen from Notre Dame, it's a good question, Matt. Yep. Well, we have seen from Notre Dame, this, this recruiting cycle is if a kid wants to silently commit, they basically say, okay, that's fine. You can tell us that, but don't go public with it. And we're not counting it as a commitment until you're ready to, to publicly commit. And the conditions for a public commitment are you aren't taking any more visits. Now, are there some kids that they might make an exception for? Sure. But even with Justin Scott, he, he was kind of ready to commit, but he still wanted to take visits. And they said, no, dude, just relax. you don't need to rush this. Take your visits and i think that's kind of the, the 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 way to go we know of several kids that have committed to notre dame in recent weeks that i don't we don't really count as commitments because you and i are taking a bit of a different stance this year as well because we did get burned last year by some guys yeah. who kept saying no i'm i'm locked in i'm locked in i just want to take some visits to enjoy the process now most of the kids that did that stayed in the class they did yeah but there was enough to kind of you know you and I – I mean, Ryan, how long before Jaden Lamar decommitted that I kept telling you, I'll be shocked if that kid ends up in this class? And you, you yeah, agree. It was weeks, but, man. It was weeks. I mean, yeah. you could just yeah. read the writing on the wall when he kept yeah. going to Arizona and, and Oregon and places and, you know, Washington. Peyton Bowen. It's like that's yeah. one that I screw – because I, I made the mistake of taking the kid and the family at their word. And and what I re- what I come to realize is that he was not being honest with the family. I think the family yes. was being honest with us, but I don't think he was being honest with people. And and so we, we got burned, right? And uh, we're 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 not going to make that mistake again. We're gonna we're, we're we're gonna say, okay, this is what he's saying, but, right? And but Notre Dame has learned from that, and they're they're just basically telling kids like, look, don't don't commit until you're ready to commit. There's no need for you to do a silent commitment, you know. Especially if they really like a kid like Justin Scott's easy, Justin. Yes, I don't care if we get commitments from eight defensive linemen. If you want to come, we're taking you, man. Like you're yeah. our guy. And same thing with Elijah Rushing. Like, dude, you don't have to worry about other ends committing before you. We'll take you whenever, whenever you want to come. I, Notre Dame is technically full at cornerback as yeah. far as what their needs were, but, they're, that's, but they told Caleb Beasley, "Like, man, I don't care when you want to come. We'll take you whenever." And there are some guys like that, and and that's how you could get to six in this class, in my opinion. But I do think it's smart that Notre Dame is doing that. But yes, by Cole Mullins going public, he has essentially told the staff he's done. Yes. Same thing with, with the with the next young man we're going to talk about. So that is something that you can and if a kid talks later about taking visits, I mean he's con, con, kind of gone back on what he has told the staff. Otherwise, they wouldn't have let him go public. And that's why some of the movement we saw this weekend is not public yet, because a couple kids want to take a couple more visits before they announce their final decision. And that's why we're not saying who who they are what the case is. So that's that's kind of where we
1: are there. Yep. I think it's it's a great way to, you know, kind of Put the bow on Cole. It's a really nice pickup for the University of Notre Dame, obviously. Their second commitment on the defensive line in the 2024 class, joining Owen Waifel, defensive tackle out of Hunt School in Princeton, New Jersey. So I think tremendous pickup, obviously, for Notre Dame. And got the Saturday really kicked off well before the Blue and Gold game with a little bit of excitement. Hit on a little bit of what's next for Notre Dame as well. But, Brian, we want to hit on, obviously, moving on. To actually, what was the first commitment in the class? Before we do, though, hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, five-star reviews if you're listening to us on any of your favorite podcast platforms, and as always, make sure you go to irishbreakdown.com and boards at irishbreakdown.com. We have recruiting intel. We have obviously a lot of team analysis for the Blue and Gold game this past weekend up on the site. I know Brian's broken up, obviously, in the offense, defense, and really taking a deeper dive into what he saw on film on Saturday. And you should go back and listen to that show, obviously, that Brian and Vince did, breaking down kind of more of an instant reaction type of analysis piece on Saturday after the Blue and Gold game. But we're going to get into Davion Dixon next. But thank you all for listening to this section of the Irish Breaktown Podcast.